On today's Exploring History podcast, we'll talk about the life, career, and influence of the scientist, teacher, and man of faith, George Washington Carver. Welcome to Exploring History with Ray Notgrass, a production of Notgrass History. During the Civil War, the state of Missouri had its own civil war within its borders. The Missouri state government voted to remain in the Union, but Missouri was a slave state and secessionist sentiment was strong. Bands of marauders roamed the state, inflicting destruction on Union sympathizers, and in response, abolitionists fought back when and where they could. It was in this context that an enslaved woman who lived on the farm owned by Moses and Susan Carver gave birth to a son about 1863, though no official record exists. The mother named her son George. When George was very young, raiders kidnapped George and his mother. George was eventually returned to his owner, but his mother was never heard from again. Moses and Susan Carver took George and his older brother into their home and raised them almost as their own children. George and his brother assumed the family name of Carver. At some point, George took the middle name of Washington. George was a small, sickly child, so he was unable to help with the farm chores that boys usually performed. Instead, young George kept the garden and learned household skills. George was fascinated by the natural world around him, and he loved to learn. Few schools accepted black children in that time and place, but the Carvers found one that did. George boarded with a black couple, Andrew and Mariah Watkins. On one special Christmas, Mariah gave George a Bible, which he treasured for the rest of his life, and from which he read every day. George worked to support himself while he went to school. As he grew older, he was always looking for a more advanced school to attend. Finally, in 1891, Carver was able to enroll in Iowa State College. He was the only black student on campus. In his school days and throughout his life, Carver was subjected to discrimination and racism, but he never became bitter or used the treatment he received as an excuse to do anything less than his best. When George graduated with a degree in agriculture, he received several offers to teach. Booker T. Washington, the head of Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, urged him to join the faculty there. Carver agreed to do so in order to help African Americans reach their full potential. Tuskegee became Carver's life work. He taught classes, ran the laboratory, oversaw agricultural activities at the school, and became a much-loved mentor to generations of students. From his youth, Carver believed that the natural world revealed the working of God. He honored God in everything that he did. His faith was obvious. 
Some students asked him to lead a Sunday evening Bible study, and he did so, teaching and influencing hundreds of students over the course of 30 years. Carver also had artistic, musical, and poetic talents. One of his paintings was chosen for display at the Chicago World's Fair. He was indeed an all-round, multi-talented man. Carver published an agricultural bulletin that helped black and white farmers learn the newest and best techniques to achieve success in their efforts. He went out among the farmers of Alabama with a teaching wagon to demonstrate what he was learning in his laboratory. Carver understood that Southern farmers were overly dependent on cotton, which required hard labor and depleted the soil of nutrients. He encouraged farmers to diversify their crops. He especially encouraged the growing of peanuts, sweet potatoes, and black-eyed peas. In his experiments, he discovered literally hundreds of uses for peanuts, over a hundred uses for sweet potatoes, and dozens of uses for pecans, another southern crop. Carver became nationally and internationally famous for his teaching and his advances in agriculture. In 1921, he testified before a committee of the U.S. House of Representatives about his work. In 1939, he received an award from the Theodore Roosevelt Memorial Foundation. But always, Carver put God first. He didn't want any part of any activity that didn't give God the glory for the world he created. When he appeared before the House Committee, the chairman asked Carver how he had learned all the things he had spoken about. Carver replied that he had learned them from an old book. When asked what book he meant, Carver said it was the Bible. When the chairman asked if the Bible talked about peanuts, Carver replied that it did not talk about peanuts, but that it did tell about the God who made them. Carver explained that he asked God to show him what to do with the peanut and God did so. George Washington Carver died in 1943. Tuskegee and the nation mourned. We can learn several important lessons from the life of George Washington Carver. First, we can see that an accomplished scientist can also be a person of faith. Never accept the idea that you have to put your faith on the shelf in order to study science. It is through the eyes of faith that we can see the beauty, order, and purpose of creation most clearly. Second, Carver overcame considerable obstacles to accomplish what he did. He could easily have given up his quest to learn. He could have become bitter at the treatment he received and the roadblocks that others put in his way, but he never did. He kept seeking, kept trying, and God gave him opportunities to develop and use his amazing abilities. History is full of people who overcame obstacles to achieve worthy goals. You can, too. Finally, we see the value of mentors. At key points in his life, Carver had people who helped him, encouraged him, and opened doors for him. In turn, in his work at Tuskegee, Carver was a mentor and encourager to thousands of students who were eager to learn just as he was, students who learned how to contribute to society 
and achieve financial independence despite the difficulties they faced. You are blessed if you have people in your life who help you at key points and in crucial ways. And you, in turn, can be that kind of person for others. The more that George Washington Carver learned about the natural world, the more convinced he became that it could only have come from the hand of God. Carver once wrote to a student, To me, nature in its varied forms are the little windows through which God permits me to commune with him and to see much of his glory by simply lifting the curtain and looking in. I love to think of nature as wireless telegraph stations through which God speaks to us every day, every hour, and every moment of our lives. One lesson in the Notgrass History Middle School American History curriculum, America the Beautiful, is a biography of Carver. I hope we all come to a greater respect for the work, the vision, and the faith of the scientist and man of God, George Washington Carver. I'm Ray Notgrass. Thanks for exploring history with me today. This has been Exploring History with Ray Notgrass, a production of Notgrass History. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app, and please leave a rating and review so that we can reach more people with our episodes. If you want to learn about new homeschool resources and opportunities from Notgrass History, you can sign up for our email newsletter at exploringhistorypodcast.com. This program was produced by me, Titus Anderson. Thanks for listening.